We are glad you could join us today for the Concepts of Faith broadcast. This program is dedicated to teach you how to put the Word of God to work so that it will make a positive difference in the everyday circumstances of your life. And now, here's Charles Caps. Now, to understand this, you have to understand that God was on the outside looking in this thing. He'd been shut out by man. And he had bowed his knee to an outlaw spirit. Adam hadn't turned the lease over to Satan. Satan was running rampant in the earth and causing all kinds of problems, sickness, disease, and the curse had come in full swing. What's God going to do? First thing he did, he started making covenants. He started making covenants with men. He made a covenant with Adam. He made a covenant with Noah. And let's look into Noah's covenant. There was intimate fellowship with God between Adam and God when he was put in the garden. But man fell. And then we find in the sixth chapter of Genesis, verse 18, God establishes a covenant. He said, But with thee will I establish my covenant, and thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wife and thy sons' wives with thee. Now, this was the covenant that God made with Noah. And God spake unto Noah and to his sons with him, saying, I, behold, I establish my covenant with you and with your seed after you and with every living creature that is with you and of the fowls and of the cattle and of every beast of the earth which is with you from all that go out of the ark to every beast of the earth. And I will establish my covenant with you, neither shall all flesh be cut off any more by the waters of the flood, neither shall there any more be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, This is the token of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for a perpetual generation. Now, these are the two covenants that he made. One, before Noah went into the ark, and then the one that he made when he came out of the ark. Now, someone wrote me not long ago, and they said, Now, I just don't understand how you can say that God could not control the earth and everything in it when God destroyed the earth with the flood. How did God do that if he was on the outside looking in? I thought you said that man had authority in the earth, and God had given man dominion. Well, did you notice that God established a covenant with Noah before the flood? That was the reason that he could do that legally. Now, I want you to understand something. Sometimes this gets to be a fine line, and it is easy sometimes, maybe to misunderstand what's being said. It wasn't the fact that God couldn't do anything. It was the fact that God had limited himself by his word when he said, Let man have dominion, give man complete authority, over everything on the earth, then could God come back in here in the earth after the fall and just wipe the devil out and take over the authority of the earth again and just control it like he still had the lease? No, he couldn't do that. If he did, he would be a liar. Now, you see, there's people sometimes say, well, now, you know, God can just do anything. Why God can just do anything? Well, no, no, God can't lie. The Bible says it's impossible for God to lie. Now, that's the reason that he couldn't come back in here and just do what he would with the earth. 
he had an agreement. He had a lease on this planet. And he made a covenant after Noah came out of the ark. He made a covenant with all of the animals that the earth would not be destroyed by water anymore. Now see, after this flood, I want you to notice something. God had more problems than we, you know, think about sometimes. Because here's Noah, the righteous man. He and his family, they're saved in the ark. Everyone else dies. They get out of the ark. The first thing that Noah did when he came out of the ark, he planted a vineyard. Now, the next thing that it says about Noah was that he just got rip-roaring drunk (laughs) on the wine. Now, maybe it didn't state it just that way, but uh, he got drunk. So, you know, God was having problems all along. But now, the thing I want you to see here is that man that God had created had degenerated. Now, after they came out of the ark, we get over into the 11th chapter of Genesis, and here's what we find. The whole earth was of one language and one speech, and they said, Go to, let us build a city and a tower whose top may reach to heaven, and let us make us a name. Notice they're after a name. Lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth, and the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. Now you have to remember, after the flood, sin started up again right on the earth. And these people that built this tower, it's called the Tower of Babel, or the literal meaning is gate to God. They built this thing. These were not God-worshipping people. If you do some checking into it, you'll find out that these people were devil worshipers. Now, I think this is where sometimes people get led astray into thinking that, you know, man evolved from an ape or something because they found some bones that looked that way. When people go away from God, they never get better. They always get worse. I think if you look at Nebuchadnezzar in his situation, you'll find out that he turned into a beast almost when he went away from God. And uh, if there is any truth to the things that they're saying about some of these things they're finding, it's people that, that went the other way instead of came up. When they went away from God, they degenerated to ape-like things instead of coming up to it from something else lower. But now here's the situation that exist here. And this is what I want you to see about God and the creation that God made. Listen to what God said concerning the people there. Now remember, these are devil worshipers. Verse 6, Behold, this people is one, and they have all one language, and this they began to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Now, this shows you the capability of the creation that God created. God himself said of these devil worshipers that were going against God, nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. In other words, if they can imagine it and conceive it in their heart, they can do it. That's how strong God's creation was. After years and years of degeneration and going downhill, these people hadn't gone uphill, they'd gone downhill from what they were created. So he came down and confounded the language 
until they were dispersed abroad. But you see, that didn't stop it. <laughs> Anything they can imagine to do, uh, God said nothing will restrain them. Now, you probably sat in your living room in July of 1969 and watched the man land on the moon. Now, you see, they kept that image before them. Now, it probably wasn't for the same reason, but it shows you what can be done when man can conceive. Because God has given man authority. We're created in his image, in his likeness. And God said, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over all the work of his hands, actually is what he said. So, you see, we've limited ourselves sometimes. We've limited ourselves in the fact that we said certain things just can't be done. But the Apostle Paul says, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. So, see, God was in a situation where he had to make covenants with men. Now, the covenants with men was because God needed some access into this earth. Now, that didn't mean that God just couldn't do anything in the earth. But there were some things that unless God could get man to agree to and his will to come in line with, then God couldn't do it. And we need to understand that. You know, it's hard sometimes to get religious people to see those things in the Bible because we've been so prejudiced in our thinking because of what somebody said. You know, about all some people know about the Bible is what they thought they heard somebody say they thought somebody else heard somebody say about it. <laughs> and uh, that's about all they know about it. But you see, when you begin to study in this, this is why God made these covenants. He needed access into the earth because man had sold this earth lease out to Satan and Satan had become the God of the world system. Now we get over into Abraham's covenant. And when we talk about Abraham's covenant, we're talking about the covenant of all covenants. God appeared to Abraham in the 12th chapter of Genesis and actually, his name was Abram at the time. God made some promises to Abram. He said, Now the Lord has said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto the land that I will show thee, and I will make of thee a great nation. And I will bless thee, and I will make thy name great. Thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curse thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Now, this was God's word to Abraham. And I'll tell you quite frankly, we need to be careful about going against Israel because God has promised some things concerning the children of Abraham. When God appeared to Abraham and talked to him first about the promised child, Abraham was only 75 years old. I say only, that's still pretty old for a man to plan on having children. But he was 75 years old. But by the time the promise came into being, Abraham was 100 years old. Now that took some faith. The Bible says Abraham believed God and it was imputed to him for righteousness. I appreciate you joining us for the Concepts of Faith broadcast today. I trust you've been blessed by the Word of God. I'll remind you that all of this week we have CD offer number 7607. It's entitled Keys to Understanding the Bible. It's six CDs for $43 plus $7 postage and handling, a total of $50. 
In this series, we give you major keys to understanding the Bible. If you don't understand that God framed the world with his words, then you're probably not framing your world the right way. You'll read in Hebrews, the 11th chapter, says, Through faith we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God. Now the scriptures tell us in John chapter 1 that in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Now Jesus was the personification of the word of God. He created all things. The Word was the creator of all things, and Jesus was the Word personified. If you don't understand that, you don't have a clear grasp on what the Bible teaches, because Jesus and the Word are one. God and His Word are one. I get amused at the faith critics sometimes. You hear them say, well, you know, these faith people just try to make the Word God. No, why in the world would I want to do that? John says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word with God, the Word was God, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Well, you see, God's Word is still God over every situation that you face in life. Jesus tells you in Mark eleven twenty three, Whosoever shall say to the mountain of problem, Be removed, be cast in the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but believe what he's saying will come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Now, that's the words of Jesus. That's offer number 7607 for a total of $50. We have a toll-free order line, 1-877-396-9400. Until tomorrow, this is Charles Couch reminding you that the enemy is defeated, God is exalted, and Jesus is coming soon. To order the product offered today, call 1-877-396-9400. Or write Charles Caps, P.O. Box 69, England, Arkansas, 72046. A complete list of CDs, books, and DVDs are available online at charlescaps.com. Through the website, you can listen to this radio program again and subscribe to our podcast. This broadcast is sponsored by Charles Caps Ministries and our listeners in this area.